Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and it still doesn't. Mm. Even after all this time uh, that has transpired. You don't even know if it sucks or not, because you haven't seen anything Marvel in so long. Case in point, well, we're here today to talk about the new Disney Plus series, Marvel 616. Uh, To fill the listeners in, this is the first time we have spoken in two months. Since the death of... uh, Since the unfortunate and untimely death of Chadwick Boseman, where we did our memorial ep. Um, and then yeah. we just, we were so broken up about it that we said, maybe we should just, you know, lay off the podcast game for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and then you had like law school stuff too, but that obviously, yeah, but that was like anything. a minor, that yeah, was like that, a minor consideration. Exactly. It was all because Chadwick Bozeman passed on and we just wanted to give him the respect, uh, to just kind of, uh, a moment of silence, except the moment lasted two months. Mm-hmm. So, it was an uh, extended moment of silence. Yes. Uh, it was so a month of silence. This is times f- two. First time I've seen you. Uh, you you've grown some facial scruff. Yeah, and- and that's just a November thing. I was like at the beginning of November. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just not going to shave. Now's the time of the year where people do this. And that then is, about two weeks canon. in, I was like, I'd really love to shave right now because this is itchy <laughs> and I look worse than I did. Um <laughs> But at this point, like at two weeks, I'm also like, oh, it's only like halfway there. It's only like two and a half more weeks. Oh, now yeah. I'm really looking forward to uh, how long? Wait, two and a half. More, how long do you think November is? Well, it was two and a half more weeks when I wanted to quit. Okay, I see. When what I you're first saying. wanted to quit, it was two weeks in. I had two and a half weeks left. Now I've just suffered through that additional two okay. weeks. Okay, and at so some point it does get less itchy, which is good. And you won't shave at November forty first. No. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it at November thirty first. Okay, still might be waiting a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, um, but yes, this is uh, this is all exciting. To, uh, it's just thrilling. There's there's, there's <laughs> been nothing. Uh, the only thing we've been uh, talking about is uh, we've sent off uh, various texts, uh, just being like, uh, "WandaVision is they've announced WandaVision. Like it's <laughs> it now has a date. Like we yeah. we're so close to fresh Marvel content." Uh, so WandaVision, January 15th. Have you seen the trailer? We haven't talked about the trailer yet. I think, I, I don't, I've seen some trailers for it. I don't know if I've seen like, just the most one. recent trailer. Okay, then I've seen the one trailer. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you liked it, I believe. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very excited for WandaVision. That's maybe Fantastic. the thing I've... I mean, I think when we, we did that episode a little while ago where they had the Comic-Con thing and it had all yeah, the... set phasers releases. for Phase 4. Right. I think in that I expressed that I was most excited for WandaVision, and I Correct. think that continues. Yeah, in your opinion, has not changed. You really called it right out of the gate. Yeah, it was just such a weird concept, and that's always what I like to see from Marvels when they mess with the formula, just because the formula is safe and the formula is good. It's like great. I don't complain I too formula. much when I get a formula, but it's. <laughs> Have you heard I, the first ten episodes of this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, those were when they were trying to figure out the formula. The formula was still kind of being cooked up. Uh, they they had it with Iron Man one. Slam dunk. That's actually true. They did have it in Iron Man one, and then they sun like they forgot it for a little while, and then they <laughs> redialed it back in. Um, and also, I mean, I think after the Phase Four discussion, I think the movie I was most excited for was maybe Thor: Love and Thunder. Just yeah, I'm that. And did you hear they cast Chris Pratt as a lead character in the movie? So Star Lord and Thor will be back to back amigos. I felt like that kind of had to be the case, though, didn't I? Like, I kind of saw this news, but I also thought that's how they end 
Endgame is them riding off together. So surely he was going to have to be some part of it. I guess now they just know he's going to stick around for yeah. most of well, it. Well, I mean, it's just him. They haven't acclaimed or um, said mm-hmm. any other members of the Guardians will be in it. But surely so, they'd at very bare minimum have to cameo or something. Yeah. So like to just set off the, the ship. Yeah. Probably. I wonder if they'll get stranded or something like somehow Star Lord because they were setting that up at the end of Endgame is yeah. like the I'm the captain. No, I'm 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 the captain. We yeah. know who the captain of is. Of course, of course. Yeah. So I feel <laughs> like that's going to be their their conflict. It's going to be a battle of. But they're also spaceman strengths. I I mean I love that, but this movie is also supposed to focus on uh, Natalie Portman taking over the mantle of Thor, which mm. seems like a big part of the movie. Uh, hmm. and it's kind of weird that, I mean, Chris Pratt and Chris Hemsworth both take the screen. They can have it for as long as they want. I will pay attention to either of them for two hours. What How do you think that, gonna... you think that's going to have impl- implications with Star-Lord and Gamora? Like him recovering from that loss? Because if, it, if it's going to be a love story from Thor's angle about Jane, mm-hmm. it would make sense to parallel that with something about Star-Lord and Gamora. Well, they did at the end of Endgame. He's like searching right. for the other, the alternate dimension Gamora, mm-hmm. um, who doesn't know who he is. And I thought that they were going to do more with that in Guardians Three, and this is going to take place before Guardians Three, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, I, by the way, I have yes. rewatched Endgame and Infinity War. Great, that was my next question because uh, you also mentioned during our our brief text sessions that you were doing uh, a bit of a dive back in to yeah. the mcu so tell tell everyone tell us what you rewatched, what you enjoyed your best moments i rewatched your... a lot so i rewatched. i think some of this i'd mentioned on the podcast previously because this has been a kind of i started it a little while a while yeah. ago but i rewatched like the thor series yes that yes. was the first one i rewatched. then i didn't rewatch captain america one but i i rewatched winter soldier and civil war okay both um, great yeah, Perfect, they, they some might say. Good. I still wow. don't like love Winter Soldier, but I like Winter Soldier. I don't but know you, why it just doesn't. I I think it's just like uh, I mean, there's a whole podcast and several other episodes of us going back and forth about yeah, this, so we don't need to get into it too much. <laughs> but my opinion was mostly the same. I, I enjoyed it maybe arm. a little more than the last time I watched it, but I, I still lo- don't enjoy it as much as the first or third one. I really like their relationship throughout. And just, I mean, obviously the third one's the best, but just Steve and Bucky. And I rewatch these movies so mm-hmm. frequently. I have seen all of the MCU uh, once this year, and I'm on my rewatch because, as I've mentioned several times on the podcast, I just rewatch them on a loop whenever yeah. I have nothing else to watch. Uh, and this rewatch cycle went by a lot faster because quarantine took place uh, during half of the year. Uh, so kind of still ongoing <laughs> still a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, but, it's, it's worse in the U S than it's ever been. You sure. Uh, cor- but, uh, not quarantine, but COVID. Well, I think that's because of the lack of quarantine, which means I'm watching yeah. these movies less. Yeah. <laughs> but you were in, uh, Atlanta. So I'm sure it's, Athens, but yes, sorry, Athens, home of REM. Uh-huh. Uh, so anyway, but we will get into, uh, your, your current, uh, quarantine situation, but please talk more about your rewatch of the MCU. Uh, so I rewatched Black Panther after Chadwick Boseman died. That's okay. still a really good movie. Or one out. Uh, rewatched. Right. I I I will say, Black Panther. I think now is because I gave it I think four or five Avengers out of six. Yeah. Like I think I'm bumping that up to five and a half because he's one and done, and that movie was 
like I I the yeah. only reason I gave it room for improvement was because I figured like he was just coming into the role. It was great. It was a great foundation, and he was going to build on that. And there was going to be so much other good stuff. But now that it's one and done, like you can look at it, and it's still arguably like a near perfect movie. Mm. Uh, and it's the only one he's going to do by himself. Uh, so that is going to boost my ranking whenever we do the you know the next re rank after phase four is done or whatever. Yeah. And um, let's see. Uh, I also rewatched Doctor Strange. Great film. Um, and that one, I would say, I, I really like Doctor Strange. It's so good. Every it's, time I, I the ending it. is just very fun. Like the way he defeats the bad guy is just very creative, and it's also visually just a treat. The, that whole movie is one of their best visually. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, the only ones that are contenders. I mean, I think Captain Marvel was, uh, really a good-looking movie. Yeah. And obviously, Avengers and in, uh, like Infinity War and Endgame were both oh. very good-looking. But I don't know. I think Doctor Strange still might be the best. Just like those sequences where he's first like tripping out and like going into space, and it's yeah, like, you know, that weird hand thing with the little hands that come off the hands and all that, all that are kind you- of stuff. So are you upset that Sam Raimi's taking over to direct and Scott Derrickson is not directing the sequel? Mm, I don't know. Sam Raimi, I, I like him. I'm curious oh, what he'd do with it. I mean, I think the visuals might suffer a little bit because Scott yeah. Derrickson is very, he's all about ambiance and just like the nuance mm. of certain things and sound and visuals. But so I also I think, feel like that groundwork has been laid. So you yeah. don't have to re-improve it. If you just continue with it, you're pretty much sure. solid. Uh, they, but they, oh my God, they're they're building on so much. Have you heard all this Spider-Man three news? No. Uh, so Doctor Strange is in it. He is cast as Spider-Man's mentor mm-hmm. in this sequel, uh, like the Iron Man or right Nick Fury rule role. Um, both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will have cameos. Uh, mm. Alfred Molina's Doctor Octopus is supposedly in it. Wow. As yes, as well as Amazing Spider-Man 2's uh Jamie Foxx's Electro. Hmm. Um and yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Oh my no. god, we just there's so much. I mean, this movie's not coming out for another year, but hmm. uh it's I just can't fathom what they're going to do with this movie and how they're going to kind of launch uh Spider-Verse of some kind. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I was trying to think what's next on my rewatch. I well, think you watched that's Endgame. Yeah, that's... I think it's just Infinity War and Endgame are the only thing left. Oh, so uh, you haven't watched them? No, I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying the the only thing I've left to talk about. Talk um, about them. Uh, so this is also they're, I they're just still want to kind say... of they're still I don't <laughs> know I there there are some sloppy moments with them Infinity no. War and Endgame definitely like, not Endgame. I, I think Endgame is better than Infinity War, but there's still some just like kind of, uh, like I still, the Chris Pratt punching Thanos thing, like I get what they're trying to do. I just don't think it's particularly successful. We've hashed this out before. <laughs> I, I think, I, just, I do, I do hope that in the Doctor Strange sequel, he kind of, because you're not the only person who's upset about that. Mm-hmm. And, and though I, it probably won't be addressed. There's a part of me that hopes there's just one scene like in a falling action or some some not important part tells of the movie. Him to do it. <laughs> no, no, where he's just like somebody randomly is like, "Yo, Doc, like when we were on Mars or when you were on Mars, I heard like 
you know, you guys had the gauntlet. Like, what was the deal with that? Like, you let Chris Pratt punch him, even though you knew how that was going to end up. And well, it could like, even be Spider-Man complaining about it to Doctor Strange. Like, why? Sure. Did, like, did you yeah. know that was going to happen or whatever? And then yeah. he's like, of course, that had to happen. Yeah. Bye, and bye, then bye. he explains and then he explains what happens if they took the gauntlet. And mm-hmm. then and then as soon as that happens, I will hopefully we'll be watching it in the same theater. I will look at you and then make that face like I told you so. Without well, and it'd be anything. it'd be interesting if he can work it into a lesson for Spider-Man since he is doing a, yes. a, a mentor role. mentor role. Like he's like, oh my god! Like there, there's some perfect. way that like some sometimes the dominoes must blah blah blah, or sometimes there's no alternative. Sometimes yeah. like human emotion trumps any sort of uh, attempts at oh. whatever. I don't know. You could do something like that. Could you imagine? God, I, that would be the most in your face. I told you so. I would ever feel. <laughs> because not I only mean, it still doesn't you... make it a good moment retrospectively when we watched it it was a valid criticism then that it was just undone once it was retconned yeah but i knew that it would be explained later you just you know had little faith in the theater did you think uh, I'm, we might have talked about this in the past but and you've mentioned that endgame surpassed your expectations mm-hmm. i still but... think it's a little messy but also it did like so the, the feeling that I have about them, and I, I think this is basically what I articulated initially, is that uh, they were really good for being the closing chapters of this large thing. But because of that, you have to make some kind of filmmaking compromises to get all these endings into a film together. And that yeah. makes it kind of a less good as a standalone film, but works as the finale episode to a 23-part <laughs> saga. So it's yeah. kind of just like a... Oh no! It is what it is, kind of thing. You can't view it without Perfect. the context of the whole. Yeah, I don't know anyone who went into that without watching the rest. Is which uh, is our uh, our mutual former uh, roommate uh, Nick Nicholas? Uh, yeah, watched Endgame during quarantine, and he gave it three and a half. And he didn't watch any of the other movies. <laughs> like, yeah. what? what are you expecting? He watched. Uh, Did he watch Infinity War? No. So just end game. <laughs> yeah, Post just, snap. just end game. Me and him as children saw Iron Man one and Iron Man two in the theaters. And then he saw guardians of the galaxy with us in college. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That is yeah. his ex- extended MCU watch. And then he went to end game, which is, Oh my God. I, yeah, he wasn't ready. <laughs> You're not ready for the end game. Yeah. Oh, um, and I'm sure other people did that, but as, as foolish as a decision as that was, but uh, well, you—that has to be the case, you, just because it made more money than a lot of the other ones did. So who's paying that money? I, I well, yeah, that's well, I, me. I'm rewatching it five times <laughs> yeah. in theaters because it's such a satisfying ending to this this moment. And that, and I think Infinity War. Like, I bet at that point, I mean, me specifically, but a whole bunch of my other friends were like, "This is it. This is big." And then everyone. Oh wow! Wow! There's a lot of people in these movies, and yeah. then they—I bet—they just watched all of them like in a binge to get mm-hmm. ready for Endgame. And yeah, I guess they'd be streaming them, so that wouldn't show up. Like, yeah, they're all available. Uh, Disney Plus. Speaking of uh, our episode, is starting to build up a bit of a catalog because they've got pretty much all the Marvel movies except for uh, your three favorites: Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home, or Homecoming, Far From Home, and The Incredible Hulk. Mm. The big three. Um, I didn't notice that the Incredible Hulk was not on there. <laughs> I could have had uh, Disney Plus for a hundred years and never <laughs> noticed that that was absent. 
<laughs> oh, you'll miss it one day. I'm going to get you to rewatch it. Everything I've predicted about your opinion of Marvel has come to fruition, and one day I will get you to rewatch The Incredible Hulk. I don't something. know everything. I feel like we could, uh, if I was a uh, more diligent editor, I would go back and to our first and, episode and cut out a bunch of predictions that have not come true. Of yours. I did. Uh, I did. Listen, I had an eight hour car ride this summer and I, uh, on my way to the beach, I listened to the first app just because oh, it yeah. did so, I hadn't listened to it since we first did. And yeah. yeah. Oh man. What a we're, we're so blast young. from the past. So young. <laughs> so, so, uh, I mean, I was pretty much the same character. You blossomed into a Marvel lover from a <laughs> shrewd, uh, I only like Frasier kind of person. Uh, Frasier's still pretty great. Frasier's so good. I watched, uh, uh, and this is a good segue uh, to, this is, for those of you who don't know, we are recording the day after Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, happy Thanksgiving to you, amigo, as the Pilgrims once said. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, I watched all of the Thanksgiving episodes of Frasier with my family Mm. yesterday. What did you do with your family? What did you eat? How was your day? Uh, so yeah, it was just me and my parents cause my sister was still in Kentucky. They were doing a Thanksgiving thing up there and it was just like, I drove over to Atlanta just for the day. My mom made an, an amazing Thanksgiving meal. Like, wow. Like for just three people. Yeah. Like a whole, a full Turkey. Wow. And everything. And, and, and it you was ate the whole thing. So good. I ate it all. Yeah. <laughs> the whole Turkey. <laughs> I ate 10 pounds of turkey. I was wondering meat. why you had a Turkey shaped bulge in your mm-hmm. stomach. Like a snake. Yeah. Wait a mouse. Yeah. He just he just ate it whole. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. And I got back in my car and drove. And then drove and then I can't believe you didn't fall asleep. I know. Um but and then we watched uh Wizard of Oz. Everyone's favorite Thanksgiving classic. I, I think it must always play on Thanksgiving or something because TBS was looping it. Like they do That's... with the Christmas story. So it must be a tradition. It's not a tradition I was familiar with, but I no. hadn't seen that movie in a long time. So it was interesting. I've never heard. Does it hold up? Yeah. I really like the um, sets. Okay. Like, like you can tell their sets so much. Like the matte paintings in the back, like are just like clearly, they just have no depth and it's, it's very yeah. obvious. But sure. I still kind of like that. I, I think the artificialness of it is actually kind of appealing. Well, just because it's, it hold it's, uh, no, but I think it'd be interesting to do in a modern setting. Oh, oh, like really? like uh, storytelling on a soundstage. Well, like storytelling on a soundstage, it doesn't. It's not about being on a soundstage or something. Like it's not supposed to be a movie about a production, but just that it it has it's conspicuously not real, and that's just like an <laughs> element to help you. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of like how some movies are still in black and white. Okay. Like kind of artsy films will occasionally just do black and white. And I think that adds yeah. a little bit of suspension of disbelief because it, it, it adds an, a layer of unreality. Uh, mm-hmm. are, uh, speaking of black and white, are you excited for Mank? The David Fincher movie comes out I'm next Friday, next Friday on Netflix. It is about huh. uh, Mankiewicz. I forget his first name, but um, he wrote Citizen Kane and was apparently mm-hmm. a, an alcoholic uh, and this is him struggling to finish it for a deadline or something along that uh, those lines. Uh, but David Fincher, one of my favorite directors, uh, yeah. absolutely going to knock it out of the park. It's black and white. Amanda Seyfried's in it. Um, Gary Oldman is the mm. titular mank. Um, going to be a pretty good uh, flick. Did you and... see? Um, yeah, no, it sounds good. I'll, I'll probably check that out. 
David like, Fincher isn't one of my favorites, but he's like he's. He, I kind of feel similar about him and Christopher Nolan, where it's like I trust them to put together a good movie, but I also feel like they don't. They, they. I mean, Christopher Nolan. I think in Interstellar was the most uh, interesting movie he's made. Yeah, where where it also so it, it had at least some sort of commentary on like a human relationship. But a lot of times I feel like Christopher Nolan gets too caught up in a device, like a storytelling yeah. device or something like that. And that becomes what the whole movie is. Uh, and David Fincher just feels a little glossy to me. Like he always he, he shoots so like a car commercial, like it, it's all very Who doesn't love a good car shiny commercial? and bright and stuff. And even even when seven? he's even when he's dealing with dingy topics like that, I don't know. It still comes off with like this layer of polish that I I don't know. It just I, doesn't have like a warmness to it, like a like a human. It's warmness. very clean. They feel like know. very sterile movies to me. I've never got that. I really enjoy Zodiac. Uh, I rewatched that recently. I think that's arguably my favorite of his. Yeah, I, is, I think I'd agree that that that's of his. That's the one I like the most. Seven is really, I mean, a nostalgia trip just because I yeah. was in high school and I watched that. And that's just the movie that you show everyone when you're in high school. Did you deal. Did you see um, Trial of the Chicago 7 on Netflix? I did. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. I thought that was really good. Yeah. I thought it was a like solid. It, it's very film. Sorkin, which it's, is, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm there kinda, for. <laughs> I mean, it was a little bit to me Sorkin light just because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I loved Molly's Game which I think was the last movie he wrote and directed. I think, honestly, he's he's just such a superior writer, he should let someone else direct his movies. I think he wanted to for this one, and then for some reasons the director he had fell through, so he ended up directing it. Okay, that makes sense. So he wasn't I initially mean, planning to direct it. I think Moneyball is probably his best. I mean, movie. He, West Wing is his best thing of all time. <laughs> he didn't direct Moneyball, though. No. Yeah. I'm saying That's as a writer. Saying. Yeah. Oh, well, he wrote... Uh, the Social Network. I like Moneyball better than The Social Network. Blasphemy. I mean, as good as Moneyball is, oh, Social Network is flawless. Plus, that I score, also have a, uh, a soft spot for Brad Pitt. So, I have a soft spot for Jesse Eisenberg. So to many each soft his spots. own. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own hunk. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Uh, do you want to do a segment of Jordan's Law Corner? What have you been up to? This is the first time I'm talking to you in two months. Uh, yeah, no, exams are coming up. I'm done with classes. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's just Great. exams. And that starts... More time for Marvel. Next week. And I have okay. three exams. They'll each be 24 hours, like from when I get it to when I turn it in. That is not the expected time it takes to complete. <laughs> oh my god, I was about to say. Wait, wait, so is it... It's just like logic. Like you can't look up the answers anywhere else. Oh, well, they're I open assume. book. So they're they're like okay. a, applying the law that we've learned through like our uh, you know twelve hundred page case books that we've worked through over the course <laughs> of semester. So, oh, yeah. God, that sounds uh, tedious. I, I'm a little glad though that I don't have to uh, like because normally it, uh, yeah in person and it's three yeah. hours, which is just like a really long time to be a hundred percent concentrated. Like now yeah. that I'm taking it at home. It, yep. It'll still, I mean, it'll probably take me more time since it's at home. I'll probably spend five, six hours on it. But that also sure. means that I can take like breaks for 10 minutes or I can eat yeah. lunch and come back to it. Like that seems like a, a great luxury to me that would not have been a, possible if not for the pandemic. So uh, are one you doing, good thing. <laughs> are you doing all three things back to back? Like all three tests? Like is a 72 hour stretch of tests? No, it, it'll be 
So I think they talked because they spread them out almost perfectly throughout the like because the exams kind of ran from the first to the eleventh, and uh-huh. they're the first one's on the second, the next second one's on the fourth, and the okay. last one's on the tenth. But it, the one of them spread out over the weekend, the one that's okay. like the fourth to the seventh. So uh-huh. it ends up being kind of I don't know. Throughout those days. <laughs> okay, you just made a whole hands gesture, and I, I know, know the fans did not see it. <laughs> just to spread out throughout those My days. My brain is tired. I've, I've had a uh, long couple you, of months. You ate an entire turkey yesterday. I ate a whole In one turkey, gulp. <laughs> and I ate three whole case books over the course of the semester. Oh, boy. I bet your brain's not hungry anymore. No. My brain is, <laughs> is very full. <laughs> How long is uh, your winter break? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, like I, I've been asked this a couple times, just like family. Probably like, by me exclusively. Well, just by most people would know this if they were in my position. So people ask it, like my sister would ask me or my parents, expecting uh-huh. me to know because most people would, and I just don't because that seems like such a future problem. It's like let me deal with exams <laughs> first, and then I'll get to this whole going Wouldn't back you- to another semester thing. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you just want I would I would need that date to look forward to like I couldn't but that's just how my brain works I knew look that we were recording to going this back podcast to school? no to being done oh well, I, I guess know when you, I'm gonna be done the eleventh oh okay okay so yeah. I guess that was my main question when can we start doing one of these daily just to <laughs> just to get them in bulk yeah the eleventh to the uh, to Christmas we'll be doing okay. daily pods okay great. That's so. Are, does that mean you think you're going back the 26th of December? No, but I just think I'm going to be busy around Christmas because of Christmas things. Yeah, but how long do Christmas things last? Well, I'll probably be driving all over the place. Uh, oh, I see. You're talking about visiting family. Yeah, I think I'll. Why, go visit why don't my they come to you? You have a luxurious home that I'm seeing in your screen. You have a microwave. A microwave. That's all you a need. Fridge. <laughs> A fridge? Oh, the fridge was blocked by your massive turkey torso. I did not see the fridge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and a cause, pot. Cause my you sister got a pot ha- on the stove. My sister has a newborn baby. Which would oh, make it they difficult. love traveling, I hear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is, that is um, I guess, a fair point. But should, yeah. I think you should and rotate there's a, there's, a, there's still a pandemic on, so they don't want to do too much exposing of themselves. I'm more sacrificial. <laughs> <laughs> the one, the... The peoples that can get spared. Mm-hmm. Um, also, so, I'm such a recluse; like it's guaranteed I don't have it. So I'm I'm pretty safe yeah. to travel. I'm not gonna. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that would be crazy if you just opened a piece of mail and just got it. I don't think it survives on paper for almost any know. length of time. Mm. Maybe I'll just send you a Christmas package. I'll find it. I'll yeah. just mail you like a tissue, and you'll be like, "Why did Cade send me this?" And then I'm obviously sniff it to see yeah. if it's what it is. And then, yes, exactly. And then we'll see. Oh if you... no! <laughs> Immediately Instant get force choked. Yeah. Instant reaction, Darth Vader esque. That's uh, how that'll play. Yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of really great visual gags happening right now that we are depriving the fans of. Yeah. Well, I've been juggling this whole time. I know. I can't believe we haven't talked about it. Where did you get a chainsaw? <laughs> the quietest chainsaw they make. <laughs> well, I didn't say it was on, silly. I just okay. said you were juggling it. Fair. Um, so 
We have, I mean, obviously we must have been watching. I definitely was watching movies in the past two months. Um, I've seen a couple. We've uh, originally we're going to do an episode. We've had a couple ideas sort of kicking around. Um, One, which I still think is going to come through. We're going to do the Iron Man 3 Christmas special, our first annual, Mm, where we... Uh, have our uh, good friend hope uh, has agreed to be on it. Hopefully, his plan or the plan doesn't fall through. But you better. Um, yes, I, I think we we have a special. Otherwise, we'll just get a new guest. I want to change the guest up every year. Okay. Uh, and we will talk about our favorite moment of Iron Man three or something. It's a new tradition. We can kind of keep it fresh, mm-hmm. and then uh, talk about our favorite Christmas movies and drink eggnog and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while all whilst Iron Man three is playing in the background. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely christmas tradition uh this is also going to be the first year now that wandavision is uh delayed until january this is the first year without any marvel content in over a decade yeah so the marvel sucks versus no it does the awards we're gonna have to think outside the box for that one to keep yeah. it annual a <laughs> little bit outside the bun <laughs> just like taco bell yeah live moss live moss pod moss uh christmas um wandavision is that's that leads me to another uh a question how wandavision is going to be six weeks apart one episode a week Mm. so it'll start january mid-january and end of march how how do you want to go about it i an ep a week Mm. seems difficult for your law schedule yeah that seems unlikely we could do a before like yeah. Watch the first episode, a before and after, like before. Do you say it was ten episodes? Episode. Six episodes. Six episodes. Six so weeks. I think we should do a before, a three episode halfway point, and then a finale. Okay. So are you talking? I I was implying we watch one and then talk about how much we like it, and then mm. uh, then do the end. But I'm happy to do a midway point as well. I wanted to watch at least mm. one episode so we have more content to talk about. I guess we could do. How about we do after one, after four, and then after six? Because I feel like okay. four that that's like prime speculation point because it won't yeah. be wrapping up yet, but you'll you'll no. know a lot about how the story is working. So we get to do like how is this going to end? I like that, um, and presumably we will do the same thing for Winter Soldier, which I think is uh, the same length of episodes. Yeah. And by that by the time that comes out, it'll be closer to summer, so you'll have more uh, availability. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, podcasts, that's going to be your real breadwinner in the future. So I hope so. That's that's why I went to law school. So I could bank (laughs) on my podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I would really like you to put it in front. Yeah, obviously. Um, So, yeah, we have uh, those two uh, ideas on the doc or those three ideas, I guess. And then also we were discussing doing a what have they been up to episode since all these Marvel actors have presumably been, you know, paying for food. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we watched a couple episodes of or. Uh, a couple movies mm-hmm. starring said actors um and then we also uh watched uh i've seen half of it and you have watched one episode of marvel 616 mm-hmm. you want to know which you, episode i watched i do uh the paul Shearer episode okay i was Brute force. i was gonna say that yeah that's yeah. the one i just watched so i watched one through four okay and then, yeah i scrolled around a little bit and i was like that's the one i'm gonna go with yeah, that, I, I think this was the most entertaining one. I won't say it's the most informative one, yeah. but I, I really like the concept behind it's it. It's got some very mockumentary elements to it. 
Yeah, well, that's just Paul Shear being Paul Shear. Yeah, well, just like the the end, or or like really any of the conferences he has with the Disney Plus people. Yeah, were you think those are real Disney basically Plus script? I don't know. That's why I was wondering <laughs> that while I was watching it because I could see it both ways. One, they just do yeah. actors, but ones it's like, oh, these people have fun pretending. I mean, it's definitely all scripted. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, it seemed a little unorganic to yeah. not be scripted. Um, well, before we talk about that, I would like to talk about some of these movies that we've been, uh, we haven't had a podcast where we just talk shop about film. Yeah. It's been so long. What's the first one you got on the docket? Midsummer. You watched Midsummer. We haven't talked about it yet. I've been dying to get you to watch this movie for over a year. Uh, about six months ago you did, and we haven't (laughs) talked about it. (laughs) So please tell me, Uh, I'm dying to know your thoughts. I will say, uh, let me just preface. This was my favorite movie of 2019, aside from Avengers Endgame. Not my favorite movie of well because avengers endgame avengers endgame uh, you get a pass for that <laughs> yeah I, I can't i'd have to go look at the movies that came out in 2019 but okay so this you're is saying a, this, this is the one you remember out of all of them well i watched it most recently <laughs> I, I like tomato j- tomato i feel like this is a this would be a hot take that not a lot of horror fans would agree with but i think unsane which i think also came out in 2019 no that was 2018 well i think we did a podcast of it that is that is a very hot take, and it is also. I, I want I wanted to say insane, but it's close to the title unsane. <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a good joke line. It's somewhere in there. Yeah, I and it, you're wrong. This was not my favorite A twenty four film. I like. What is your favorite A twenty four film? Yeah, this is the natural follow up <laughs> to that statement, uh, and I feel like I'm missing one because I. I you want me to oh, list oh them maybe off? it's the witch. Mm. The witch, then the lighthouse, then Ugh, you. Uh, hereditary. Eh, I might like this more than hereditary. Okay, well, those—that's the same director. I consider because A twenty four has made a few bad apples. Ari Aster. Even, what else did Ari Aster? Is he just on the two? The witch and just the two, and then his next one. I read about his next one. It sounded interesting, but I totally forgot what it was about. But it's another horror movie, obviously. Wait, so he didn't do The Witch? Um, no, that was... Uh, uh, What's-His-Face who did The Lighthouse. Uh, okay, well, that makes sense that I like those two. Robert Edgers? Eggers? Eggers, yeah. Eggers. I don't know I, I don't know if that's actually how his name's pronounced. That's how I pronounced it. I believe that you would like those movies just because they're very atmospheric and, uh, I don't know, kind of period PC. Do they use the same like director of photography or something? Because they they they're very visually similar. Like the cinematic language of A twenty four seems cohesive. Uh, well, are you are you saying the same cinematography for all not A twenty four movies? Not all of them, but of the ones I've seen, there there's definitely a stylistic through line. Uh, yeah, I like the way the cameras push or, or I'm like sure pull for like atmosphere and stuff. It feels like there's kind of a, a language that is specific to them. Maybe it's a horror movie thing and I just don't watch a lot of horror movies. So I'm just associating it with these films. But they do kind of go for I mean, that is, I think, kind of the new age of horror, that kind of mm-hmm. atmosphere. I'm saying the word atmosphere a lot this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> word of the day. Um, but we should really uh, get into Midsummer. I so I will describe my experience. I watched it with a friend of the pod, Kyle Johnson. Mm-hmm. We both went. We were both absolutely blown away by this movie. And mm-hmm. I went in. My bar was so high because Hereditary was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I watched this and I 
left the theater and I shouted the praise for this film from the rooftops. <laughs> this was my phantom thread, if you will. <laughs> uh, and I... Half the people I've shown it to, I don't think I've ever, other than Kyle, other than me and Kyle watching it opening night and loving it, I don't think I've shown it to anyone who has been like, that was incredible. I've shown it to people who are like, yeah, definitely good. Maybe slightly better than Hereditary. But it's 50, 50% like it, and then 50% absolutely just don't like it at all. Which I liked it. I, I think I... But you didn't love it. Well, That's I think why the, I'm saying... the, my problem with it is that I okay. think the best moment in the movie was yeah. the cliff thing when that happened Why? i was just like whoa like this is serious <laughs> and then and then i think it's interesting how the movie almost tries to reel you back in like like because kind of the characters it's like well don't don't freak out yet sure that was terrifying but like yeah. like it almost tries to like soothe them a little bit like the other characters go like uh who's whatever that young cult boy name is like he's like yeah. like we shouldn't have let you see that like we're sorry yeah. like that's intense like you know just yeah chill out we'll, we'll you know finish up here you know don't worry mm-hmm. about it but i felt like that was the scariest part of the movie except for maybe the guy who's all butterflied in the shed oh yeah that was nuts um what 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 but the first 10 minutes like where the sister has murdered herself and the family and the parents like yeah that's a well, pretty gruesome even, way to start the movie. Okay, yeah, yeah. But even then, my, my point was going to be that they they blew their load a little early. <laughs> so, oh. uh, like, that's that like the, because that was like the, the I don't know, I the most interesting moment to me. I think this is changing topic a little bit, but I think the most interesting thing about this movie is maybe how mm-hmm. bright it is. Because a horror movie, that's very strange yeah. in a horror movie to be as bright yeah. as this is. Yes. Like, normally you're trying to hide some stuff. This movie... Yeah. I mean, occasionally stuff happens off camera, but when the camera's on, like you can see everything all the time. It is almost exclusively shot in the sunlight. Yeah, almost I eerily so. Like a, there's no clouds. Yeah. There's no like yeah. it, it's like a um, oppressive sunlight. Like it's relentless. Yeah. I think there's like a one and, scene that takes place at night because when uh, Cheaty <laughs> goes off yeah. to the library, <laughs> Cheaty, <Yeah. laughs> the guy with the most punchable face, who's that kid from Maze Runner or whatever. The Bandersnatch. Yeah, guy. Bandersnatch guy. Yeah, we'll just call him Bandersnatch. I don't know his <laughs> name. Meet, we're, we're the Millers, or Meet the Millers, whatever that movie is, where yeah. Jason Sudeikis and his fake family are in a van. Uh, every and the, Okay, so that's the other thing. Every time I talk to people about this movie, I guess I just had a completely different experience. I watched it, and all the cult stuff was cool. That was not what I was scared of. I was... I put myself in the shoes of Christian, who the shitty boyfriend. Yeah. And at the beginning of the movie, the opening conversation, when he's, you know, dating Florence Pugh, he clearly does not want to be in that relationship. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't have the guts to break it off because he's scared of what might happen if he, he yeah. can't let her go. He's like, I, I'm scared of what, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm not happy now, but I feel like I'll be less happy without her. Yeah. And then she, her family dies and that is the point in the movie where i'm like he can't he's stuck with her forever there's no way he ends this without being the in worst a bear villain. costume <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's no way like he the fr- most frightening thing for me was he was so fucked for the entirety of the movie as soon as he didn't take the opportunity to break up with her because he was just 
timid or shy about it and that relationship was so doomed and everyone can see it throughout the movie they just they're not a functional couple no and he basically was just dealt the worst hand in relationship history and he played it so poorly which you know he had a shitty hand so what can you do and the whole time i was watching this i was just sympathizing with this character who you know a lot of people everyone at the end like you know he gets burned alive spoilers if you haven't seen this movie which is a pretty gruesome way to go and did he deserve it i don't know he did some shitty things but he there was no way he could have gotten out of that without without doing other shitty things he yeah and that to me i've thought about that more than any other horror movie i've ever seen i still think about it to this day Hmm. just like how fucked that character was yeah and i mean when i talk to people about it they don't really pick up on that they're just like yeah cool cult film and then i've talked to my true horror junkie fan well the people who like jump scares and horror movies they're like this wasn't that good because it was more psychological and they're like i like the jump off the cliff part yeah that was edgy yeah uh, now i think the i don't know the because what do you, what do you th- what did you think about their relationship the relationship the allegory thing because it's all about like a breakup is kind of the yeah the that to me was present throughout the whole movie that's right. what i was focused on more than i mean obviously all the good points you made that yeah. is present and- i think i the boyfriend maybe just didn't sell it for me like i because they they very deliberately didn't make him likable like they wanted you to also kind of dislike him but then they also they he gets tortured so bad. So that ended up being kind of a weird feeling to watch. Cause it's like, you're seeing a character that you don't particularly like suffer immensely more. Yeah. You see him suffer more than you like actually dislike him. So like the punishment. Yeah. So like at first you're just like, I, sure. I kind of want to see this guy get a little bit of comeuppance and then he gets way more but comeuppance that- than anyone ever deserves. <laughs> and so then it's, it's just like, I don't know. It's a weird feeling. Like, cause if, if I liked him, then yeah. it would have been more horrible to see him get. I don't know. It's almost like he was trying. The director is trying to prove a point. Like I can make you dislike a person and then still recoil when they get screwed. <laughs> well, I yeah. I don't know. I never at no point because they, he was definitely trying to make him out to be the bad guy. But I've had that whole the whole time I was watching it. I had the opinion like, if yeah, he's he's bad. But imagine like. To undo the bad, to undo all the bad stuff that is going to happen, he would have to break up with her after her whole family has murdered themselves. Yeah, well, which he, makes th- him equally as bad. He still should have had her not come on the trip. Like it feels like you can do that without breaking up with her. It, even if you're too cowardly to break up with her, you can be like, "You, I, I just don't think it's a good time for us to do whatever." You like, to tr- yeah, like you, I don't know that you probably need to be seeing a therapist, and you can't be in therapy on our weird trip to Sweden. <laughs> uh, he definitely, hmm. yeah, I don't know. The whole time I was like, this guy's so fucked. And I, what was it deservedly? So I don't know. I, 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 Not deserved. I mean, like pers- it passes deserved so quickly. Like, yeah, the extent to which he deserves stuff is maybe, I don't know. Cause it's weird. Cause Nothing really that bad happens to him until it gets way worse than anything he ever deserved. So he kind of skates by for a little while, and then it all comes crashing down on him like a nightmare. I also yeah. think the the scenes they did of when they first get there and they take mushrooms, which was like the worst yeah. idea ever, 
thought, <laughs> I thought yeah. that was really well done and anxiety inducing just her being oh, on yeah. drugs in a new place and like everyone's face getting like, eh, yeah. like extra then, smiley or extra weird and just kind of horrible. And she ran into the port john or whatever and saw uh, her sister or the ghost of her sister mm-hmm. who killed herself. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I yeah, I could I I've talked to so many people and it, it's kind of interesting just because everyone seemed to have a different take about this movie, which is good for film. Yeah. That's what you kind of should have. Um, it was definitely I definitely I, enjoyed I'm glad that I saw it. There's enough interesting yeah. stuff to chew on from it that is kind of the antithesis of a uh I don't know, like a, again like not uh a Fincher film, I don't know. I feel like I normally don't walk away with as much of this kind of thing. Like, I'm just like, Did that you was cool. adventure film or Avengers No, film? a Fincher film. David Fincher. Oh, Fincher. David Fincher. Yeah. A third option. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Those I are just well-told stories. Yeah. But they're that's not true. like... Well, this, this was definitely, there's so much to chew over. Mm-hmm. There's, and that's, I mean, Hereditary was very similar in that regard. In The Lighthouse. Uh, mm, I mean... I really like the yeah. lighthouse. Willem Willem Dafoe eats every every one of Eggers' movies. He makes his lead eat dirt. Like, do you <laughs> think that that because that happens in The Witch? The dad eats dirt. Yeah, and then uh, Pattinson eats dirt in this movie. Hmm. And what do you think it is about that? Like, do, is it cinematically pleasing? Like for the camera, for someone to eat dirt in black and white? I'm trying or? to decide what kind of symbolic it is because I feel like it is kind of symbolic in a weird way, but I don't know what it means. But that's crazy that he made two main characters in two movies do it that means he clearly has a message and it clearly is important or meaningful it's almost like a a person who is so desperate to ground themselves back into reality they're like get the ground in me (laughs) like attach me to the earth again i'm so spinning out of control like i'm eating dirt like they're crazy it's like it's like they're beyond reaffixing themselves to reality it's an interesting take yeah I've never thought of it that way. Uh, because, you know, I've, I've never thought, like, why did they make him eat dirt? <laughs> That's so well, I, I just think these... Uh, yeah, I don't know, because there's a lot of A24 stuff that I also... They do more stuff than I know of. Uh, yeah. Um, Me and Kyle are pretty up to speed on watching nearly all of them. Yeah, I just... Did you see A Ghost Story? No. That's on Netflix. That one's very divisive. Kyle loves it. I thought it was... I get what it was going for. But it's very, I think you would like it because it's very, uh, I'm going to use the word of the day again, uh, atmospheric. atmospheric. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's, it is Rooney Mara is married to Casey Affleck. And at the beginning of the movie, Casey Affleck dies and his ghost is just kind of stuck in purgatory and moping about the house. And she is just depressed and there's very little dialogue in the movie. Huh. Um, and you're just kind of watching his ghost go on as time goes on and time and Time keeps passing. But there's this weird sequence in the middle of the movie. And I brought it's there's a part after Rooney Mara has moved out of the house there. People move into it and have a party and it's like college age students. And there's this one guy who uh, talks about um, what is the the word for someone who's just like nothing matters. Everything is meaningless. A nihilist, yes. He gives a three-minute dialogue about nihilism and how it's correct, and it just tonally just completely, I don't know, shifts the movie in a different way. And then the rest of the movie, it's just this weird three-minute chunk that almost seems like it doesn't belong in the movie. 
Um, anyway, I would be curious to hear your take on it. Yeah, I've but, not seen that. Uh, I did see another movie, though, that was on Netflix that was a horror movie that I'm trying okay. to find the name of right now. It had Jesse Plemons in it. Don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he was in an episode of Black Mirror, and he's also in... Bandersnatch. Breaking Bad. Oh. Uh, oh, Todd. Yes. Todd from Breaking Bad. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, a Netflix movie. I'm thinking of ending things. Yes. Did you see that? Oh, please. Yes, let's talk about okay. this. Okay, so I thought the first half of that, like the scene, uh, this is not one scene, but the, the once they get to his parents' house, yeah. till when they leave his parents' house, is some of the yeah. most unsettling filmmaking I've ever seen. Like just their, their weird heightened expressions and like the constant changing yeah. of like details like yeah like details just switch constantly like they'll be in one room wearing one thing and then they'll they'll, they'll be sitting at a, a table and they're it's full of food and then there's no food on it and then there's like someone seems kind of drunk and then they don't seem drunk and then they're I, like it's just all over the place and like sometimes even did the you, actors switch did you oh all right yeah so i watched the first 30 minutes and i was very into this and then it just got crazier and crazier yeah and i love the crazier the, crazier <laughs> I did not understand what was happening the entire time. After the first third of the movie, I was so lost. Mm-hmm. I had, I literally had no idea what was going on. I watched an explanation video after, immediately after I watched the movie. And I did enjoy, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, once they get back what, into the car and it's like snowy and winter outside and they stop at the ice cream stand. Yeah. That was all a very weird sequence. But like I was trying to figure out what was going on at that point. Because before then, I just enjoyed the ride. Like I assumed that that, like someone was delusional and we're seeing it from their perspective. But I don't know who's delusional or who's crazy or whose head we're in or something. Um, And then once I got to that part, like I I, the metacognition started distracting from the movie because I was just like, I don't what is happening right now? Um, (laughs) And then it kind of gets resolved once you're in the school. Uh, Did it? (laughs) because <laughs> i did i had to watch a video that explained to me well I, so was... i was watching it uh with ellie and she had read the okay. book so she knew what was happening uh so she so you helped had explain. you had a tour guide yeah you had a yeah. tour guide through. okay but I, see, I, didn't, I did not have that not not till like basically that point did i really understand it like once like like was they, so, they he he did that confessional thing like when he's the janitor and that kind of sets off like that dance sequence, which I also thought was really yeah. interesting. There's not a lot of that dance was... in movies these days. Oh, no, there's not. Um, Just that episode of Mad Men. And especially Mad in Man horror. What's his face dies. What other movie has a, what other would horror movie? Would you call movie it a horror a... movie? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was more of a psychological thriller. Yeah. Or drama, psychological drama. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, it, so, it's so surreal though. It's, it's more surreal than most. Like you explain the ending from your point of view just to make sure i w- didn't watch like a hive mind youtube video that had no idea what that movie was about. okay so this has been a few months since i've seen it but i'm pretty okay. sure the ending indicates that the guy uh was just ups- had an obsessive fixation on a on a girl he met at a bar once and he yeah. never actually talked to her or anything but their entire oh. relationship is as as a figment of his imagination of wishing that he had talked to this woman but he didn't actually have the self-esteem to to do it and then him regretting that ever since and that that uh regret festering into this weird obsession with a stranger um okay and that's that's because basically at the end that's what he says or she says to him i I don't remember exactly how that shakes out in my video explanation and a couple other reviews it's he kills himself at the beginning of the movie and this Mm -hmm. is like 
his purgatory is going through. Yeah. All the stuff well, I know he that he's thought. killed himself. Like, cause okay. that, that shot at the end of him in his car, I thought he died in his car. Basically. I don't know how he would have died in his car. Exactly. I, but I don't know. I like, did he shoot himself also, in his car? Did he somehow exhaust the, into his the, car? I don't know. The pig was also very yeah. interesting. The pig at the end of the movie. Uh, and I don't know. There was a lot of, uh, during the explanation thing that I watched, like there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, ex- like, References to mortality and kind of stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about movies that are so obtuse that you have to look up stuff about them, which this one was. Like, I, I didn't totally yeah. get it just watching it. No. And the same thing with The Lighthouse is it got to the point where it was, like, beyond, like, like you really have to sit down. Because, like, it's almost like you need to watch it two or three times, which I guess yeah. is kind of impressive and interesting. Like, wow, you've made a really complex movie. But at the same time, I feel like I should at least leave the theater... With a better sense, I don't know. Maybe you don't, because I, I definitely both of these movies. I still, they, I, I left the not the theater because I wasn't in a theater watching either of them. But I left them with a feeling <laughs> of like uh, uh, an emotional reaction to them. But I couldn't have told you exactly what just had happened. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I can't decide whether that matters or not. Like, should I have like? Well, that was that. My big takeaway from the movie was this is the most. This is the most I've ever thought about a movie that I was absolutely not enjoying past the halfway point. Mm. Like I, and I was just, I don't know why, but I was like, I just might as well finish this. Maybe it will all make sense at the end. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't. And I was just, oh yeah, it was, uh, it, it's definitely the movie that I've enjoyed the least that I've thought about the most. One thing I would say is my review. Uh, I remember thinking about is that I think if you, when you freeze to death, there's a lot of hallucinating that happens. Yeah. Like as your I've brain is shutting down. Suffocation also. Yeah. Like. So I, I, I remember thinking that at some point is like, is, are, is this the dying delusions of someone? Cause it was so cold throughout the whole movie like that. Like the, yeah. it was. I, I think so that I think he froze to death in his car, right. which is kind of like, yeah, which that makes a lot of sense. Cause it is cold throughout and like the fire doesn't work or whatever in the house or. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's just cold. Which but makes I sense. thought I thought the actor who played his dad and and the mother was the lady from Hereditary. Yeah, Tony Collette. And yeah, the guy was Knives Professor Remus. Also. Ah, Remus Lupin. Yeah, uh, the Harry Potter fan favorite. And I thought they did so excellently. Like his facial expressions are so, like like you know those those like masks. The like classic drama mask, like the smiling face, the the smiling face and the frowning face. His faces were like that. Like when he frowned, it was like so over the top and so exaggerated. Like it was, I don't know. Yeah. Again, I, it's like I was talking about earlier with the unreality of uh, wizard of Oz and stuff like that. Like I, realism is okay in films like cool. Yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Real life. But I want to (laughs) see not real life. Not real life is much more interesting. Yeah, like Thanos pulling a planet down on Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, even that a little bit. Okay, tight. All right, I, that's uh, <laughs> all I want from every podcast episode. Um, you also talked me into okay, so we we a uh, couple other movies. Uh, what was the Devil? Uh, the the Tom Holland yes. Sebastian Stan Winter Soldier Spider Man combo flick. Yeah. What was uh. Till the devil knows you're dead. Is that what it's called? Uh, I don't think that's exactly it. <laughs> it could be. Uh, 
the devil the devil all the time the devil all the time yeah so that uh, that movie was very interesting i i don't know if i've ever watched a movie that felt more like a novel like just the way yeah. the different plots and stuff like structurally it was very booky very stephen king like too mm. Yeah, I, I thought a lot of the characters were and just I mean, it kind of seemed like someone was just reading a Stephen King book and like this is what he would do if he was to turn this into a movie. Yeah, but it lacked some of the originality, I would say. I'm honestly a little surprised that you liked it because I you didn't the like whole it? time was watching it. No, I liked it. And especially the ending, because to me, an ending is 70 percent of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think this ending absolutely killed it. Um, But throughout, I was just like, oh, this seems like kind of an edgy version of like something like Shawshank or mm. a more serious movie like uh, a seven type. And I don't know, just like all the stuff about religion in the beginning is a little heavy, uh, heavy. Well, but I kind of, I mean, I, I like that. I mean, that, that's a general kind of theme exploration that I enjoy it is. Okay. And, and the way I was thinking of it is the, um, uh, the way the, uh, Protestant evangelical fire and brimstone type uh, worship, like how how that kind of fixation can affect the way you think about everything else that happens in life. Like when you when you're confronted with that kind of apocalyptic imagery all the time, mm-hmm. like this. I don't know. This movie just felt like permeated by a kind of sadness that exists when everything when it's I don't know, just like like the spiders, the guy pouring spiders on his head, or just like, yeah. or or also all the religious figures simultaneously being deviants, and the only reason yeah. they ever do anything in the church is to have power over people to be deviants, like yeah. like it just and and like even their message, it wasn't wholesome. It was just like sad and scary, and it's just like trying to make these people, and and, and like just the also the way that. Uh, the father at the beginning of the movie goes completely insane based off his, mm-hmm. his, uh, his own religious fixation. Like, I don't know. It, it's basically, it's just mental health meets fire and brimstone okay. apocalypse. And then the apocalypse I, actually happens, but only because the people who were religious kind of bring it about by themselves and destroy their own yeah. world. And then you have that one, like Tom Holland's character, who's kind of outside of it who mm. uh, manages to actually see the evil that's actually going on in the church, but he can't rectify yeah. it. He's, he can only try to well, kind of escape it, really. I, but All right, so when the sister, uh, again, we're in obviously spoiler territory. <laughs> Very um, much. That whole last okay. spiel <laughs> the, is either spoilers well, or sis- nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> this When the sisters like decide, or she gets pregnant from the pastor and decides to kill herself, a hanging and then the narrator's like and then she realized she didn't want to kill herself and then she accidentally falls off the stool and kills herself yeah. that just seemed so unnecessarily like in middle school i would have loved that <laughs> yeah like oh god that's so that's such a gut punch you know the um narrator was the author of the book which i thought oh, i didn't know i that. thought that was a pretty cool thing to do that is a nice touch i never would have picked up on that yeah i mean uh, it, this movie is um almost over morose like it, it's morose wherever it can yeah a little be. bit but but yeah. that almost it, it is almost that to such an extent that it i don't know it almost flips back around because you you know that every character is going to somehow die or something horrible is going to happen to them 
that yeah that it's not about like just having fun killing characters like a slasher horror movie it, it's yeah. it, it becomes how they die is the interesting thing or how their whatever personal struggle or whatever leads to their death it's like the death is mm. inevitable at this point like once you once you get into the pattern of the movie it's like the death is coming <laughs> so how is yeah. it going to come for this character i'm I mean, I'm glad that you liked it. Anything with Marvel actors in it, I want you in to Batman. like no matter what. DC in actor. Batman. <laughs> we have, yeah, we have uh, pre-The Batman Batman. What a weird um, performance Robert Pattinson had in this. Like, he was just yeah, so that was slimy. Wild. And he was, yeah. like, fat. <laughs> like, did he put on weight for this? Or is that fake? I didn't think he was that fat. Uh, he's No, he he's definitely put on weight for that. Or at least he I was mean, in a, a prosthetic. He wasn't, like, obese. No, but he, he had, like, like you with gut. your turkey sticking out of your... I don't remember the gut. I don't know. Uh, maybe they just. I yeah. I don't think he gained a ton of weight for that. Um, uh, they had to do some sort of prosthetic time. or something because there's some point where huh? he has like his shirt unbuttoned and he's sitting there and he's got a big round gut. Well, obviously they don't want him to have abs. That makes him look sexy, and he's supposed to look a little dirty. No, but I, and trashy. I would say that he was like, I don't know, like twenty pounds over having abs. Oh, I bet both. If he's playing Batman, that dude's got abs. No question. Yeah, but, I mean, this movie was made considerably before Batman. So he had time but to slim back down. he knew he was going to be Batman. Yeah, but I also, I, I think, given his run of recent performances, I can't I remember what else I saw him in. It was also pretty artsy. The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah, the Lighthouse, duh. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, I feel like he is a, he's one of those actors who's decided to be very serious and committed to the roles that he takes. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's the kind of actor that would actually gain weight for a role where he needs to be fat. And then a year later, like Christian Bale or something. Yeah. I don't think he's as talented necessarily as Christian Bale. Ah, Maybe he is. I've been pretty impressed with him recently. Yeah. No, I think he's a very uh, stellar actor. Yeah. And he was, uh, you didn't see Tenet, I assume. No. It's great. It's a lot of fun. Do you see it in theaters? I did. Yeah, just because you could. Right, right. Uh, I just because I could. I saw that and New Mutants, the X Men movie, mm. which was uh, terrible. Yeah. My Messiah crucified before my oh, eyes. Poor X Men. They um, just can't get it together. They can't. Well, I mean, now that Disney owns them, they'll they'll get it together. Mm. But yeah, that last stretch of the the post Days of Future Past X Men movies. Actually, sorry, the post Logan movies mm. are pretty unenjoyable. Um, you okay? So you also mentioned, uh, you also suggested to me after I told you to watch Midsummer, you told uh, me to watch The Vast of Night. Yes, which I believe was a Prime original. Yeah. Okay. Um, what did you think? Really interesting. Yeah. It was it was a lot like a Twilight Zone episode, mm-hmm. which you described it. And I will preface: I watched this the day after uh, my <laughs> annual yeah. birthday brewery crawl, where I go to seven breweries with thirty people. Uh, and we each drink a beer at each brewery. Needless to say, the next day I was hungover, mm. um, and I just laid in bed and watched TV all day. It was really great. Uh, and this movie came on about half, or I turned it on about halfway through the day through my watching. Um, and it was—I don't know how to describe it, but it was almost like watching a podcast. Yeah, it's like, like an audiobook it, almost. Yeah, but so many monologues. I mean, so many monologues and it's kind of seemed like the movie was set in the third so the first movie Mm -hmm. is like them kind of at school i almost wish they didn't show again spoilers uh like the big ufo at the Mm -hmm. end 
Like, I kind of just wanted it to remain a little bit of a Like, they walk out into the field, maybe his hair blows a little bit, and then it cuts. So it's like, is there something there, or is there not? Yes, that's what I wanted. So I was, I mean, I didn't mind necessarily, but I would have preferred probably uh, the other way around. Yeah. I I just thought the, I mean, I I like a good long monologue. I also love a period piece. So both of those things together really delivered. It it was both of those things, for sure. I remember looking at the reviews after I watched it, and people just being like, like there's too much talking in this movie. It's like okay, well, it, <laughs> you're not gonna like it. I admit, if you don't like talking in movies, this is not the one for you. I mean, it didn't have that many. Uh, I mean, yeah, the reviews weren't that stellar for it. Mm-hmm. Like on, I go by Letterboxd whenever I'm watching stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, people who liked it really liked it. Uh, yeah, it just seemed to be like a very average reviewed movie, mm-hmm. which. I thought, I, I don't know, I feel like, to me, watching this would have been the same as, like, uh, one of the other ones were discussed, like, The Lighthouse or something, where I don't get, or, um, I think I want to die now, or whatever that other movie yeah. is. <laughs> I'm thinking of ending things. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things. I think I want to die now. <laughs> uh, would have been a more helpful title. Yeah. Um, or or yeah, the title could have just been A ma- Man Freezing to Death in the Back of His Car. And then that you'd play yeah. the movie and you're like, oh, the title, I know what's going on in this one. Because that had really high reviews, and the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I must be missing something. Mm-hmm. There has to be something. And then this, I saw like pretty average reviews, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is par for the course. I must not be missing it. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, and it was it was enjoyable. Like I had no regrets watching it. It was fun. Um, this to me felt Stephen King. We, you mentioned Stephen King for the other uh, thing. We did. But this felt Stephen King. Uh, we love Mr. King. I really do, yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, Shawshank. Yeah. How many times have we watched Shawshank? Really, the the most amount of time I've spent with his work is uh, I, I listened to The Stand on audiobook, which is about 50 hours, and I listened to 11, 22, uh, 63. 16, 63. Um, I've, that was also about 50 hours, and I've listened to both of those twice. Um, they're oh. just, they're especially 11, it might be it's 23, 60, no, it's 22, 63, I think. Anyway, I love that yes. book. Like, it's such a... Did you watch the Hulu show? No, I, I don't know if I can. Like, because I, I, I know the <laughs> original book so well. Yeah, I I mean, I, I didn't hear anything super It's also, he's a about... weird casting choice, I think, because the the man in the book, at least how I imagine him, is he's a very average, like, 35-year-old. Like, he's not as handsome as James Franco is. Like that just that kind of changes the way the world interacts with a person if they're attractive like that. And I kind of read this guy as being uh, like not someone who would turn heads. But James Franco walks up to you in a bar and like orders you a drink. A girl's going to be like, whoa. But the guy I'm imagining (laughs) would be like, not get that reaction. (laughs) You wouldn't get a whoa. You wouldn't get a whoa. Not no whoa for Franco. No, Franco gets a whoa. And that's why he's a no. No. I know. <laughs> no Frank woe? Yeah. Franco, no, because huh. of the woe. But if no woe would be better, but then you couldn't have Franco. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, uh, oh, I watched, me and Kyle, again, a mm. uh, fan of the podcast, friend of the show. Uh, we went to go see, the Alamo Drafthouse is the only movie theater open mm. in this city. The Regal closed back down after I got to see two movies. Do they do anything and, to partition uh, it? Uh, I mean, yeah, they they 
sell half capacity, everyone has to wear masks throughout the movies kind mm-hmm. of deal. What a weird time capsule this episode will be. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about that 10 years from now. Uh, yes, we sit in movie theaters at 50% capacity and everyone has to wear a mask mm-hmm. throughout the time. Um, but me and Kyle uh, saw Sound of Metal, which is going to be on Amazon Prime December 4th. Mm. It is going to, if they do the Oscars this year, which I assume there will be still be some awards of some kind, this is going to be nominated for Best Picture. This was, I was thoroughly impressed. Uh, it was, it's about a metal drummer, um, like metal music. Uh, yeah. And I think this is also the director's debut. Um, metal drummer, very passionate about drummer, drumming, uh, etc. gets tinnitus and he can no longer hear. And he, really wants to play the drums um and his doctor says you can't play them anymore and he is basically struggling it's it's a very audio heavy movie like you are listening Mm. it because his hearing slowly goes and the speakers in the alamo are fantastic so i really recommend watching this with a sound system it's a it's the the movie is designed around good sound so you're not going to get mm. all of the movie, the punches, if you're watching it on a stand. Bad year for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, it really is. A lot of people are watching stuff on crappy Which, TVs. I mean, in 2019, Amazon, because this was at a film festival. This was at film festivals in 2019 and won a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. And then Amazon Prime bought the distribution rights to, like, you know, try and get an Oscar nom like uh, Manchester by the Sea, try and get another hit under their belt. Um, and then, yeah, COVID happened. So that's not the best uh, but I mean, a lot of people like myself have some pretty sweet surround sound system. Um, but the, the bass in the movie theater, cause he's really struggling to hear a lot of the movie and you really hear mm-hmm. like that kind of just like you're listening to things underwater kind of deal. The yeah, audio is fantastic. Uh, but he goes to, I don't want to spoil anything, but he ends up in kind of a in like a help facility for people struggling who learn sign language and people struggling with hearing and they, they're deaf. Um, and it yeah. kind of mirrors addiction as like, he needs to mm. hear. So it's kind of like, it, I don't know. It, it kind of shines a light in the, uh, the whole like, Oh, you need to hear, like you're kind of addicted to hearing. And then you kind of like, think what else am I addicted to kind of stuff. And it becomes a movie about mm. addiction and it's really fantastic. Uh, so definitely watch that on a good sound system. Uh, or I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think how I'll do it because my TV is the sound is garbage. <laughs> like it, it. There's a anytime a bass sound gets like a, to a certain frequency, yeah. there's a rattling that Ooh, happens yeah. somehow in the TV. So this movie <laughs> would. Is, it sounds like nearly unwatchable <laughs> in my current setup. Well, if you have really good headphones, maybe just watch it on. Because visually, yeah. it's not that. I mean, it's a standard movie visually. It's not like a great cinematography feat, but audio, mm-hmm. you have to, you have to listen to it. Um, All right, we got to we got to talk let's, about. Let's let's talk Marvel about this documentary. We're here to talk about. Oh boy! Yeah, you want to tell me about the episodes right. you've seen that are not the one I've seen, and then we'll go to the <laughs> okay. one we've both All right. seen. Right. <laughs> um. So, and I have them up here, so we can just talk about them uh, as a whole. So the first one is Japanese Spider-Man, which... Oh, wait. Can I... One yeah. quick interjection. Yes. Uh, did you see... This is also on Prime. Okay, great. We're launching into another it was a movie. movie. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I'm just curious if you've seen it. We don't have to talk about it too much. But it was four kids, four teenagers in Scotland, and they're trying to walk through Scotland. Uh, 
It was like called Dukes something Dukes. Oh. Like D O O um Dukes Up or something? Dukes uh, that's up. A weird name. I'm thinking of uh, killing myself that movie. Uh, with Todd from Breaking Bad. Here, I I'm Googling really quickly. Oh wow, that's not that's not finding it, huh? Uh it is I would recommend it to you. Okay. It, it's on Prime. It's just kind of a fun movie. Duke's Up. Uh, that's not what it's called. <laughs> I, I was just searching for it, and I was not finding it like that. <laughs> but it has Dukes with D-O-O-K-S. That's in the title. I thought it did. It doesn't. No, no movie no like that exists. It. I'm going to try D-U-K-E-S. There's an actor who is in Sherlock that was in it, so I'm going to go to Sherlock. Is it the Dukes of Hazard? yeah have you ever seen that one <laughs> the 2000 uh oh wow yeah no that's that's not it dukes of hazard wow there are a lot of dukes of hazard movies jonathan aris he's in it that's the guy i'm looking okay. for uh the movie is called i'm thinking of killing myself this is he's in this movie uh Get duked. Yeah, and it is duke. actually spelled wow. not with D-O-O-K. It's spelled D-U-K-E-D. You were so close. Get duke. I could Get dukes. Okay, yeah. Ninian Doff. 3.3 uh, 3 on Letterbox. On, on what? Letterbox. Uh, do they do out of five? They do out of five. And usually, traditionally, I won't watch anything unless it's above a 3.5. But, you mm. know. I think this is a fun movie. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. Like, it, it's just like... I mean, kind the Vast of, of Night, the Vast there. of Night was a three point five, right on the dot. So that was mm. enough to get me to watch it. I mean, if this, if if you can give me the people's promise that this is, you know, a slam dunk, fun fest. Mm. <laughs> All I can say is that me watching it, I thought it was silly and over the top, but in a way that was endearing. Okay. All right. I'll give it a spin. Like, like it's it it has the way that it stresses its own story structure that I think is funny, mm. like. Uh, it's a movie that feels very aware that it's a movie. Uh, And the characters are just heightened. Like Deadpool. It's like Deadpool. (laughs) Now you're speaking my language. I'm in. All right. Now I'm in Marvel. All right. uh, So just first of all, what what are your overall impressions of the show? Did you know about this before I told you we had to watch it for this podcast because we didn't have any content to talk about? No, okay. I did not know um, about it. So I saw just strolling through Disney Plus because I, you know, paid seventy dollars f- up front for Disney Plus, and pretty much all I got because of COVID, all the delays, uh, was The Mandalorian, which I paid seventy dollars for the first eight episodes. Great investment. Love that show. Uh, when I've seen the second eight, I know, but I've already had to repay my seventy dollars. Um. <laughs> it's been a year, Jordan. <laughs> a year. It's. I can't believe it's been a year. I know wow. seventy dollars per Mandalorian season. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much. I mean, until WandaVision comes out, I would pay. Have you been watching Marvel movies on it? Uh, I mean, I own them all on Blu-ray. Or do you get your Blu-rays I, out? All right. So here's the thing. I've noticed like streaming on this platform. It's gotten a lot better. But at first, mm-hmm. and this is they're not sponsoring us, so I can say this. Like the streaming yeah. for especially Endgame at launch, it was kind of just glitchy. Like it was laggy. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Like it would randomly slow down or skip like just one second intervals. But to the point where a super fan like me would definitely notice. And that was like... Yeah, I, I, I've never had any trouble with it, but I never watched it till 
I don't know, this yeah, I, it hasn't been a problem as of recently. But when it first came out, there were some bugs. Uh, and that was like, mm. Avengers Endgame was one of the launch movies. So I was just like, oh, it's going to be cool to watch this movie here. Uh, I started watching it about 30 minutes in. I was like, no, 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 this is unacceptable. This is the greatest movie mm. ever made. I need to watch it properly. Uh, so I pulled out the, the good old Blu-ray and I, you know, had myself a nice cry two hours later. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I found out about this. Uh, this is... It's a pretty cool idea. I almost wish, just based on the half of it that I've seen, they. I just want a documentary. Like, give me like season one is about phase one and the making of phase one, and they cast mm. Edward Norton, and Edward Norton is not in Avengers. I want to hear that story. I want to hear all these like you know. They just don't do like Disney doesn't want like a behind the scenes that shows mistakes they've made. Yeah, or something I like know, that. but I. Disney puts up a very strong front that they're like, yeah. everything's clean and happy back here. Don't look behind the curtain. It's just a bunch of nice friends <laughs> having a fun time making movies. Oh, but I want that. I want I want the dirt. I really want the yeah. dirt. Um, but Disney is not about they the dirt. They are not. They're very clean. Not like Eggers. <laughs> Eggers loves his dirt. He loves it so much he's going to yeah. eat it. He's, he's going to eat, eat the dirt. The dirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you watched that Motley Crue biopic, speaking of? Oh, it's great. That looks garbage. Oh, it's great. I've seen it. Guess how many times I've seen the Motley Crue biopic? Uh, more than anyone should have, so I'd say once. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it eight times. Uh, that's insane. It's Why? so good. Uh, Accidentally? Do you <laughs> yeah. just like, you push it to start and then you like... I really do feel like you should watch it. Forget how to turn I it do off. feel like you should watch it before you... Uh, well, to be honest, I actually did start it at one point. Ah, and then I just got so bored. I Even my dad finished it, and he hates Motley Crue. Mm. Me and him saw Motley Crue live once, and he hated every second of it. But he did. They're no Steel Panther. I mean, they're proto Steel Panther. They're like <laughs> I know. they're like non comedic. They're, the, they're part of the reason Steel Panther yeah, 100%. exists. percent. Yeah. And that I do. I mean, yeah, I love Steel Panther, and it's kind of weird. like all the Motley Crue guys are like Steel Panther, just like. There's, they don't get it. They're mean. Their their jokes are like, and you know, the, their jokes are dumb. And then all Steel Panthers like, oh, we really like them. That's a shame they don't get our shtick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Motley Crue, they're they're in a league of their own. It goes, the Beatles are the top, followed by, mm. Mo- Green, Green Day. Day. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, followed by Motley Crue. Uh, then you get to like. Puddle of Mud and Trapped, and then you have The Who, and then you have all mm-hmm. of country music. And, you know... As, as one block. As one block, and then below that is, uh... I don't know. Weird Al? I pro- Weird Al? I, I probably okay. like... I, I think Weird Al's better yeah, than that's country true. music. I do agree with that. I also think there's good country music. I think it, you can't really treat country music as... A block? A, a like block. Bo Burnham does? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think that the country yeah. music that he's making fun of and pandering yes. is horrible. Yes. That's the chunk that I'm talking that, about. That Nashville. I, I, yesterday, I, my parents were watching the uh, parade. Oh, yeah. And there's this guy whose name was like, I want to say Chris Hill. I don't know if that's right. Okay. But it was a name like okay. that. And he just looked like the most generic Nashville. Like he Pumped was just out like an of a machine. He had like a little bit of scruff. Like blonde hair, wearing a flannel, just like, and his song was completely nothing. 
It was like devoid of any interesting parts. It's like if, if one of the session musicians started to play something that might catch your ear, he'd be like, whoa, whoa, what are we doing? No, no. Um, wow. But yeah, well, no, that, that country music is truly a point. Yeah, I agree. This is a great episode on country music. <laughs> uh, anyway, Marvel 616. Uh, again, I want the dirt. Uh, this is... I, honestly, the first episode, Japanese Spider-Man, this is probably my least favorite, which is crazy that you launch a documentary series with the least interesting episode. And I haven't seen all of it, so hmm. I can't make that claim 100%, but the following three episodes were either more entertaining or interesting on their own. But it's So why why make that your launch episode? Yeah, I don't know. I think you normally, if I was deciding the order of a TV show... And they were of uneven quality. Yeah, I put the worst one in the middle. Probably like if I had eight, I put it at three. Okay. So that way they're they've seen two good ones, so they're willing to bear okay. with it. Yeah, um, that's good. Then you kind of sneak one in there. That's good logic. Um, or maybe five. Yeah. Well, I mean the middle, but, but somewhere. Tucked well, what in did there. Sherlock do with Hound of the Baskervilles? That was two, right? Put it in the middle. Yeah. yeah. They would always put their bad episode oh. in the middle. And I don't know why. It's, it's almost like they made a choice. Like, okay, so we got to do a bad one. <laughs> yeah. but we're going to put it at number two. <laughs> well, the uh, third season with the the wedding episode, that was the second one. That's probably the best one of the season. Yeah. That was great. That show. What happened to that show? Uh, the last season was really rough. I don't know if I watched we it. Watched the, we watched the first one together, and you're like, I don't know if this is good anymore. And then, <laughs> and then I did and, and, then, and then I proceeded to watch it, and you were, in fact, correct. This was not good anymore. The la- oh, isn't that sad? yeah i thought the first episode was fine but the last episode was like there wasn't even a mystery it was like it was an episode of saw the tv show like somebody put uh hmm. what's benedict cumberbatch through jigsaw puzzles like like you die or yeah. these people die unless you solve the puzzle in time i'm like <sighs> isn't that such a <laughs> terrible thing when a show just kind of loses steam like that like game of thrones did and you tell me you're a fan of the west wing West Wing last season wasn't as good, but it wasn't bad. I, not Game of Thrones bad. I yeah. actually have not seen the last season of the West Wing. I've probably seen the first four, I think, and then yeah, those are the best. Yeah, I've heard. I, I'll, I'll deny that it gets worse, but I don't, I don't think it gets unwatchable. So, would you say that the seasons are like eight is definitively the worst, or it's pretty mm. level ground? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it's like it's like a. The first season, it does the classic, like, it has to find its footing type yeah. thing. And then you get, like, two, three, four, like, you rock and rock and rock. And then it just starts to dip at the end. Okay. I think Frasier kind of dipped at the end a no, little bit, Frasier too. Frasier was perfect throughout. Well, actually, I think season 11 is actually almost a return to form. Yeah. I think maybe season 10 was a little weak. I don't know. I loved all of it throughout. Yeah. Anyway, Marvel 616. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're here <laughs> to talk about, This is what we are baby. here to talk about. First episode, Japanese Spider-Man. Basically, the summary is Marvel wanted to... uh, I mean, they were big in America. Comic books were big in America. But someone convinced them that they needed to tap into the Japanese market. Because they had like a whole bunch... Like Transformers and other stuff were really big over there. Stuff that could sell toys. Um, So they pitch a Japanese Spider-Man show. And basically... Their only Marvel's only rules was uh, he has to have he has to wear the exact same suit as the comics and he has to have all the same powers and he has to use the powers in the TV show and all other stuff. Uh, everything else is whatever you want it to be. 
So this Spider-Man is nothing like Peter Parker at all. Um, mm. He's like a father, a Japanese father. Uh, that's a that's a myth. <laughs> um, this whole thing is about being a teen. Yeah, no, this guy is straight to... Uh, but it just kind of talks about the TV show and the guy cast in it had never worked in anything other than like a commercial. So he's really psyched to get the gig. Um, mm. I don't know. Overall, this episode, it's it's nearly an hour. And I just felt like this is... I don't know, this is a lot about a subject matter that I'm not really overly fond of. The second episode, Higher, Further, Faster, is about uh, female writers of Marvel Comics, which was very interesting, um, especially in... Because I didn't know Captain Marvel like existed in mm-hmm. 1968 as like a side mm. character in like an Avengers comic. And huh. uh, it w- was she strong? It was she yeah. Strong so as she similar is powers, like in regards. To, I mean, she was just a background character, so I don't know if she was just like a fighter pilot. I assume they didn't go much into like the old, her older lore. Um, but I assume okay. she was kind of the same, more or less character. But they did kind of reinvent her in the eighties and nineties. Um, mm-hmm. And then they talked about uh, the Miss um, Marvel, who is. Um, uh, the, the new, new the, the new, new Disney Plus. Show. They mentioned that in in the one I watched. Oh yes, yes. Uh, they th- yeah. So they touched the on brute force episode. Yes, correct with Paul Shear. Um, they did touch on that. I need to plug in my laptop charger real quick. Um, just because my okay, we'll cut died. this out. I'm sure. No, no, no. This is all banter that they want to hear. Note to self: cut out this part. Well, I mean, you can keep talking about. It's literally every other time. Beast mode. <laughs> Beast, uh, brute force—that's the <laughs> name, mode. not beast mode. <laughs> I mean, it is crazy that every time I've tried to talk about the show, you find a, a way to talk about something else. And now that I need you to talk, you're unable <laughs> to successfully talk. Yeah. Well, my 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 thing watching this was that it was very um, it's very light entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't hilarious. It wasn't that informative it was just like it was enough to keep me interested sure but it it wasn't none of its aspects really knocked it out of the park it was like it was like just drinking a warm glass of milk (laughs) who doesn't love warm milk (laughs) okay uh i don't know i I like the paul shear episode i kind of i thought that was an interesting concept and when they showed us all like the failed marvel like the trucker like the comic book that focused on the trucker like i that's crazy that that exists. See, this seems like a YouTube channel. Yeah. Of a guy going back through all of Marvel's weirdest heroes and giving me a deep dive of like, yeah. like just giving me the spiels like this is his origin story. This is this. And he had this weird villain and look at how he fought him. Like I could watch a whole series yeah. of YouTube videos like yeah. that. Um, this this started to scratch that itch, but then it was like, no. Then it focused a lot on, stuff. then it became Paul Shear trying to make a show. Yeah, and that was like it was a funny choice, and I liked it. I liked the thing where he brought in, like, uh, John Hamm and yes. uh, Kenneth, <laughs> Kenneth Parcell, and uh, yeah, uh, and Ron Funches, I think is his name. Ron Funches. Yeah, he was. Uh, those are the only people I recognized in it. I've just seen some stand up from that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I I think that's his name. I could be saying his name wrong. <laughs> I don't recognize the name. That seems like a fake name. <laughs> it does seem fake. I don't recognize it. No, that's his name. Really? What is he? <laughs> yeah. He's in stand up? Yeah, he's a stand up comedian. He's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, this is He's not hilarious. He's he's no John Mulaney. Well, uh, but he's actually kind of in the Mulaney style. He's Mulaney-esque. Yeah, in that he's not like 
He's not making political commentary or whatever. He's just a funny guy telling funny stories. Okay. In an affable way. Huh. Um, yeah, I would almost rather watch Paul Shear do a deep dive on all the weird comics and heroes and characters. Uh, and also, ballsy short, like, I don't know if just the way it was filmed was kind of like scripted a little bit, but did Paul Shear really think that he would successfully be able to make a Marvel show while the MCU, like everything is canonical now? Like before they bought 20th Century Fox and all that stuff and they owned all the X-Men, like you could get away, like Jessica Jones and Daredevil are in the same universe, but they're not, you know, necessarily, they don't hang out with Iron Man and Captain America yet. Well, and it's also weird, like the, they even talk about this in the thing, like that this has a weird, who's going to be watching this? Like what demographic is this aiming at? And so it's like, who is this show going to be for if it was going to be for someone? Like I didn't. I think if he, he should have aimed at 12-year-olds. That seems like the natural audience for that show. Yeah. But it seemed like he was trying to go a little over 12-year-olds, and that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Sure. I'm, I mean, he... I, making it a cartoon was the way to go, just because... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Then you can't... And I, because you just have, like... I mean, yeah, it, it would screw up with the canon too much and if you wanted to make it part of MCU lore. Um, which, you know, I want more live action Marvel, obviously, but, uh, it's, yeah, that's, that seemed like a, a discount Guardians of the Galaxy crew, which, you know, obviously Guardians worked, uh, uh very well. So it, this could exist yeah, one I kind of want to see, I want like, they showed a bunch of snippets of other animation that Marvel has done mm-hmm. when he was talking about making it into an animated show. Yeah. Oh, Yeah. And I, I'm so borderline interested in actually watching Hell that stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, am I going to actually? I don't know. If I'm we should do. We should do an app. There's a whole bunch of good like cartoon movies. Like there's. Well, figure out what the best one is. All right. Like, like if there's one to watch, what's the one? So are you? So you you don't want to watch like an episode of a TV show? Like, would you be interested if I find an episode like a 20 minute TV show? Well, I don't know because the thing that I was thinking of, and this is obviously not Marvel, but like they there's that Killing Joke. Yeah batman sure. movie which that i've heard pretty good things about like i don't know if there's a marvel equivalent to that kind uh, of animated movie i would bet thing. there is i mean honestly i i watched the killing joke and i love the comic book but i was kind of underwhelmed by the actual movie mm. um surprisingly yeah. however there's a really great dc comic book uh cartoon um i think it's called hush batman hush uh hmm. but it's batman when he's like older and he's retired out of the game loosely what the dark knight rises is based off of um except it involves superman and just all the villains are super old like the joker is retired um but at the end of it's a two-parter and at the end uh batman and superman fight off or square off and it's better than the actual batman versus superman Zack snyder movie and it's a cartoon yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, that sounds like fun. I will do my research and find a good cartoon. That'll be a nice, uh, holiday app right before we get into Iron Man 3. Cause I really do want to just, you know, plow through a bulk of these with you at some point yeah. during your, during your downtime. Um, but for the rest of this show, so episode five, six, seven, and eight, not, none of us watch, neither of us, uh, mm-hmm. suit up isn't no one's watched them. No one, no one that we know of. <laughs> Uh, an intimate look at five compelling and talented cosplayers on their journeys to New York Comic Con. On a scale of one to ten, how are you? How interested are you in that? Uh, I've occasionally been interested in. So, like Adam Savage mm-hmm. has a YouTube show 
where he just like builds things or like Adam Savage, the guy from Mythbusters. Yes. I uh, assumed you weren't talking about I figured, Fred Savage's yeah. brother. <laughs> uh, but it, like where he designs stuff and occasionally what he designs is like costume parts for something that he's making. And that's pretty interesting, but I don't know what kind of costumes these people are. Like if it's more about uh, tailoring and that kind of thing, that's less interesting. If it's big, like mechanical, like I'm trying to make this suit of armor, then I'm a little bit more interested. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I mean, I don't. The thumbnail on the show page is a woman dressed up as Black Panther, and the suit looks pretty good. But it's definitely like yeah. a suit and not a robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, episode six is explore the relationship between toys and comics and the community that has formed between the two. Yeah, this is the these the the thing that I I thought about this series when I was scrolling through deciding which episode to pick. Uh-huh is it really made me reflect on the fact that I am not a comic book fan. (laughs) Like I like, I don't dislike comic books, but I've never, that's just like an omission in my childhood. (laughs) I never really read a lot of comic books. A friend of the show and uh, my former roommate, uh, Joseph Bunn is, Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, for my birthday, he took me to the comic book store, bought me a hundred dollars worth of comics. Like, wow. yeah, he, he's been go oh my, every weekend. He sends me a Snapchat, uh, of him buying new comics. Like he's really into yeah. them, which, and he always has been. I've never, uh, I've just, I personally like I'll read them whenever, you know, someone buys them for me or when I, a good one comes mm-hmm. out. Um, but yeah, I've never really got into it, but maybe we should have, uh, Joey on the show and do a comic suck versus no, it doesn't episode. That's interesting. And the same kind of thing as the animation thing. He finds one really good one. Yeah. To, to, like, yes. if you're going to read one, here's the one you read. And then you read it. And I know they make, I know they make those, um, I can't remember what they're called, but it's when they compile a, a group of them together that's like a story arc and you can read it as one oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's usually what I buy. I won't buy single issues. He'll buy single issues. I can't remember what that's called. Look, uh, there's a specific name for that. The local comic book store is cool though because they have like little post-it notes attached to like the sleeves of the thing that is the one by IHOP. Uh, <laughs> is there a different one? Because that's the comic book store I went to in it's, Charlottesville. It's across the highway. It's not next to IHOP. It's like next to mm. Burger King. It's right across the street from Burger King. Mm. I'm I'm sure people <laughs> who are not from Charlottesville are gonna love people this. People are like, oh, they're talking about my store. <laughs> um so yeah that is uh it's cool they put like post-it notes that says like issue 45 this is where daredevil is first introduced into marvel comics like stuff like that so they're fun facts although Mm. those are the more more pricier ones because they're a piece of history Mm. um (laughs) episode seven is the creative team behind the iron man 2020 comics race against the clock using the marvel method i'm interested in whatever that is it has marvel in it yeah uh, and then episode eight spotlight is the Marvel spotlight program expands the Marvel universe to the stage. Could you imagine if we get Broadway MCU that becomes <laughs> canon? Could you imagine Marvel sucks uh, versus I, I no, it doesn't like a, going to Broadway? Like a, uh, they they do Infinity War again. Yeah, and it's like a, mm, cha, cha, mm, cha, cha, mm, cha, cha. it's not like West Side Story. <laughs> He's gonna mm, stab. <laughs> <laughs> I. I think we have very different uh, takes on what the actual Broadway performance would be. I'm just saying, if you're going to come up with a, a riff in like 10 seconds about what a Marvel musical could be, not a bad bit. I Hey, we wrote one so it has yet to be released. <laughs> <laughs> we should really, at some point, just 
I'll come visit for a week and we'll just really grind yeah. that out and record a 20 minute anthem of all. Well, of I feel songs. it's like it's a shame because I have a piano in here now. Yeah. And I feel like if you're going to have one instrument backing two people singing, piano is really what you go. With. I figured we would have to record it anyway. We just you have the old files, right? All the songwriting. Like, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. We, can go we just need to, we need the source and... material. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right good We're, how long would it be all together i think we clocked it about 20 to 25 minutes of all the songs yeah. and it doesn't even cover captain marvel it's pre-captain marvel so there's oh, still three movies in the mcu that we didn't even write songs about well yeah because we didn't finish yeah did we no we didn't because yeah. we did this in fall 2018 War. yeah wow yeah we were really and we teased like what would happen in the in endgame you think we got it 100 i don't think we did Probably not. <laughs> um, I mean, I would have been less shook by Endgame had that been the case. Um, uh, I was going to see if I could find our little Marvel musical text files where we were writing them, unless we wrote them on your computer. Oh, uh, we wrote them on I yours. think we wrote them on mine. Yeah, it was definitely yours. All right. Well, I better have them then. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, otherwise we just listen to the audio and just kind of have to piece it together. Oh, no, I got them. Right. Uh, do you want to give the fans a tease? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> uh, the first line is, is okay. Uh, of course, it's Iron Man. Obviously, because that's the first setting the stage. Yeah, this is a tease. Uh, this is coming. Hopefully, twenty twenty one people. <laughs> Gotta make Dad proud because Tony's all about his, his <laughs> yes, uh, you know, yes. dysfunctional father son yep. relationship. Mm-hmm. Gotta sell some guns. Yes, because okay, he's just, that's he's, his whole yes, thing. That is, a but I sure after. as hell don't want to be shot by one. <laughs> This is going to be our break. This is this is it. And wait, wait, wait. You want? To, I'll give you one more line. Right. A Jericho missile flies through the sky. Maybe selling missiles makes me a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he has his realization yeah. that he needs to be. I, a, I like how a good guy. Presumably, if we wrote, isn't that amazing? If we wrote eighteen songs about, or I guess twenty twenty. If there's twenty three movies, so we wrote twenty songs. And if they're so, they're about a minute each, and we've already spent six lines about the first fifteen seconds of the first movie. Uh, I this, this is so good. I gotta read one more. All right, line. read the whole, read all of Iron Man. Give the fans, a, give the fans a spoiler. Just read all of Iron Man one. That's the tease. So, so this is just after he's realized right. he's a bad guy. He's in the cave. Yeah. But what can I do now that I'm here in this cave? And what about Jensen? Is he a guy I can say? <laughs> <laughs> this is gold. We were really on fire. And then it's just like, no, 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 I can't because I'm not Iron Man yet. <laughs> and then presumably he becomes Iron Man. Yeah. Or is that the whole song? No, no, no. Then we, we keep going. Oh, we, did. We, we We spent way too much time on Iron Man. Well, like, it was the first one. We had to figure out the flow. Yeah. How, how long is Hulk? Uh, I'll, probably not very long. <laughs> oh my goodness yeah this is way too long for for Iron we'll cut Man. it down in post it's fine that's yeah that's why we got the rough i think incredible hulk is quite short uh which is crazy because the most happens in that movie compared to all of them <laughs> <laughs> okay there's a line in here that says i don't like being green it's just like kermit said it's not easy <laughs> it's pretty, not easy being green. pretty good <laughs> so that that's in that one uh i all right, 2021, let's make this happen. Next summer, let's just etch out a three-day period where we just hang out. I'll drive to you if if it must be. 
Man, I this is wow. <laughs> what a what a great set of lyrics here. Uh, do you remember "Bye Bye Bye Frost"? I do remember "Bye Bye Bye Frost." The, the refrain after Thor destroys the Bye Frost. Yeah. That was great. Wow. That was like our five thousand candles in the wind. And then I also love Doctor Strange uh, was just recurring with these hands because it's all about him and mangled hands. Oh, wow. we're teasing too much. The fans are gonna have to wait. I know. The this fans is... are gonna have to wait until it comes out and in proper musical form. This is gonna happen. Look for it, summer twenty twenty one. Marvel sucks versus no, it doesn't. The musical, uh, and then we'll have new theme music. By the way, we haven't heard that theme yet. And here it is. I think Marvel sucks. No, it doesn't. No, it really does. No. It's been too long. And, and with that, we should probably go ahead and wrap up. The, yeah. The uh, so. It's been an hour 45. Oh, man. Well, you know, we just miss each other. And this, this podcast is We barely is, talked is about it. <laughs> we talked so much about it. <laughs> we talked a lot about it. We barely We talked about it. all of the things. I mean, we, we first of all, we didn't. All right. So here's, here's three finale questions. One. Okay. Are you going to watch all of the episodes of this show? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Follow-up question. If you were to watch one more, yeah. which one would you watch? Ooh, of all the uh, ones I just said. Well, what's episode three? Oh. The one that you saw after the woman one. You're right, and I did not describe what that one was. That is um, Spanish artists, uh, how it, they impacted their work illustrating Miles Morales and Moon Girl. Hmm. Little Coco flair to it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which of these. Maybe the cosplay one. Okay. So you're most interested in cosplay episode. Very good. Um, and question number three, how many Avengers do you give this show? The Paul Shear episode was it, It's kind of like Ant-Man. Uh, <laughs> like it was light and fun, but it wasn't like... It wasn't right. like Endgame. <laughs> yeah, so three out of six Avengers. All right. Uh, I'll give it three and a half. Just because I want more dirt. Yeah. If they, oh, dude, if they gave me a dirt episode, I'm in. Mm. If they gave me a God, Robert Ed dirt. Eggers level dirt episode, I Munch it on. Oh it. my God. I just want to chew the dirt like a Robert <laughs> Eggers movie. I, ooh, yeah, I, I want to see the making of the MCU. I wish they just did more stuff on the MCU. And that's why people have described this podcast as listening to it is like eating dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. It would be very yeah. meta for right now. <laughs> um, but that, uh, I guess, about wraps us up. Uh, hopefully we'll have some new content coming to you soon. Uh, now that uh, the semester for uh, Jordan's Law Corner is winding up, you can focus on this show more than that show. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, this is, I'll say this tentatively, but I think the beginning of next semester, I will do a little bit better of I have a better expectations of how to manage my time now. A lot of this first semester was trying different ways to manage a kind of unmanageable amount of material that I needed to learn. Uh-huh. And now I'm much better at learning how at digesting a week's worth of legal material than I was at the beginning of the semester naturally. So I'm hoping that next semester I'll be a little bit more on top of everything. But also maybe it'll just gets harder and maybe I'm not. So no promises. But maybe we can do more consistent episodes hey, going forward. To, well, just in time for con- content to start coming back. 
Uh, WandaVision, January 15th. We will do something. Ooh, baby. Some clever uh, thing for the Marvel Sucks vs. No, It Does the Awards. That'll also happen in January. Maybe we just give them all to WandaVision, the pilot episode. So I'm, yeah, all the awards. It's got my vote. Yeah. <laughs> um, we will also have the Iron Man 3 Christmas special with a special guest. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear the sleigh bells ringing already. Oh, just Iron Man 3 puts me in the Christmas mood. Nothing mm, says Christmas yeah, just like get Iron a, Man 3. A big cup of cocoa. Big cup of, and, of Tony Stark. Mm, and a little bit of Jarvis. A little bit of Jarvis. A little Jarvis <laughs> sprinkled on top. That's nope, No Gwyneth Paltrow, though, right? In that one? She is, or is she in that of one? Of course she's in it. She's in all the uh, Iron she, Man movies. She was gone for a while, wasn't she? She's gone in Age of Ultron. She's in mm. all the Iron Man And that's movies. where you miss her. <laughs> you really want to see her in Age of Ultron, and she's just not there. <laughs> she's not present. Uh, I feel that absence... To this day. I bet if she was in that movie, that movie would have been okay. Oh, I did rewatch Age of Ultron, too. Oh, you did? That movie I still don't like. <laughs> I think the best part of that movie is the first 10 minutes. What about when Vision picks up the hammer? Yeah. Uh, he's definitely it's gone back not, on that just, one. That, there was so much action yeah. in Age of Ultron. It is a and lot it of was action. like, it got to, like, I just like. I needed some human stuff to bind it together, and it was action, 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 uh, action. I bet action. you would like a movie called The Vast of Night, where all they do is talk. Ah, uh, yeah, that's my kind of flick. All right, I've been Jordan Peoples, and Marvel has sucked. I've been Cade Weiberg, and it never has and never will and still doesn't.